of you know you are supposed to be kind, right? I mean, probably the earliest memory you have of your mother is say, be nice. We're supposed to be kind, and yet it is so very hard to do, especially when you're hungry or you are tired or you are thirsty. It is hard to be kind to others when you have unmet needs yourself. When I was little, my parents knew that I had a trifecta of terrible. If I was hungry, if I was tired, or if I was thirsty, you could not reason with me. I was melting down. And really, when we grow up, we don't really change. Our meltdowns just begin to look a little different. And yet in our gospel today, we have these promises of Jesus. These beautiful promises that Jesus is the bread of life, and in him we will never be hungry, and we will never be thirsty, and all who believe in us will have everlasting life, and I'm assuming we're not going to need a nap. These are really great promises, and yet sometimes they feel so very far away. Many of us understand these as something that's going to happen in the kingdom that is to come. One day... We will have our heavenly banquet in heaven, but in the meantime, we're stuck here. And what are we meant to do? Well, Paul says in Ephesians that we are meant to imitate God. And you know, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. But having spent this past week with my nephews, I can tell you that is not true. They are six, three, and one week old. And I thought I was going there to help my sister settle in with the new baby. I figured I'd cook and I'd clean and I'd do a whole lot of laundry. But it turns out my real ministry there was running interference. The number of times that I heard, my turn, stop it, he's copying me, and I had it first. You can try convincing a six-year-old that their little brother following them around and doing everything they do is flattering, but it's not going to work. Surely this is not the kind of imitation Paul is urging us to take on. And yet we humans try and copy God all the time. We try and be God. And we've been doing this since the very beginning. From the first original sin, we were grasping for my turn and my share of the power of God in a fruit we were never supposed to have to begin with. And we're still trying to be God. We attempt to create our own plans, our own lives, our own successes. And like the psalmist David, we often find ourselves in the wreckage of our own attempts to be God where once again we have the opportunity to pray like David in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be in my mouth. I don't know about you, but for me, those are some hard words to utter. When you are sick, when you are tired, when you're hungry, when you're thirsty, when you are afraid, when you're afraid for the children's future, or when someone cuts you off in traffic, I don't know, but when the stuff hits the fan in my life, my first instinct is not to say, well, bless the Lord. There are a few sainted people, and maybe you know one, that no matter what happens, they always turn their heart to praise. And I want to be like that. And I think that I'm getting closer. 
because I recognize that I have the opportunity daily, hourly, and minute by minute to take refuge in the Lord. We forget that God is always there. Like a Floridian in in summer, we leave our umbrella in the car only to be surprised when it's pouring down rain at 3.30 in the afternoon. We know that life will get hard, but we continue to leave our refuge in God. We are always able to take refuge in God. Now, the psalm we heard this morning said, happy are they who trust in the Lord. But another translation is, happy are those who take refuge in the Lord. It's more than just trusting. It is running to and hiding under the shadow of the Lord's wings. We get a taste of those foretastes of bread of heaven, the bread of life at communion. We get to taste and see that the Lord is good. Taking refuge in God is the first step to imitating Christ in a healthy way. Not to sinfully grasp at being God of our own lives, not the pale mimicry that leads God to tell us, stop copying me. Instead, our imitation of Christ becomes a lifelong apprenticeship. Our apprenticeship begins with God's reaching out and inviting us in. God sees us as bedraggled, wet, hungry children, completely dependent. And God welcomes us to his bosom like a mother comforts her child. We are all horrible sinners gone astray, with lives gone wrong, taken in by God, welcomed into the refuge. And then instead of being enslaved to God, we become apprentices to the king. Our apprenticeship is nothing else than a loving father teaching his trade to his beloved children. There are many steps in this apprenticeship. Our first is we enter into the covenant. We run to God. We take refuge in him. And like the sinful Israelites, like David after he'd sinned, we are welcomed into and back into relationship with God. By baptism in the body of Christ, we enter a lifelong covenant. And we are God's beloved children. And as children in the body of Christ, we are nursed, healed, and cared for. God knows we cannot learn to love others if we are unloved, hungry, and thirsty ourselves. We are taught at the feet of Christ by listening to his word and watching and remembering the work of God carried out in the world. And as children, we begin to model that work. We copy our mothers and our fathers, our sisters and our brothers in the faith. We've watched what they do. We've prayed how they pray, and we begin to take on the work for ourselves. We begin a life of faith worked out in love and service. Now, like any child, we're going to make mistakes, but over a lifetime, we begin our journey to be master apprentices of the one true king. In just about a month now, you will get your Messiah's Way packet and you will have the opportunity to copy a brother and sister in Christ, to look at the ministry they have been doing and say, you know, I want to do that too. I think God would want me to do that. And don't worry, we will train you how to do it. We will equip you to do the work that God has for you. And then living out our lives, taking refuge in God, imitating Christ, we begin to apprentice others in the faith. 
so that they too will live as beloved children of God. Together we all as beloved children, apprentices of Christ, carry out the work that God has given us to do. Our lesson from Ephesians today gave us a really long list of things to do and not do and ended with the command to be imitators of God and the encouragement to live in love as Christ loved us. But this order of things can tempt us once again to believe that we have the power. It can trick us into thinking that our right actions are what enable us to live as beloved children of God. It leads us to looking at those in misery and blaming them. If you would only get right with God, you wouldn't have these problems. When the truth is, we're all horrible sinners with lives gone wrong, taken into God's refuge. And in our imitation of God, we are meant to be the one extending the hand the welcoming arms, the bread and the wine that welcome others into the refuge and into the family of God. Therefore, beloved fellow children of God, let us be imitators of God. Let's live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God. Let's take our refuge in God. Let us put away falsehood and speak truth. Let us be angry but not stay angry, for holding on to our anger leaves room for the devil. Let's give up stealing and labor honestly and share with the needy. Let's stop speaking evil and use our words to build up and give grace. Let's not continually grieve the Holy Spirit by abandoning our refuge of God and chasing after false idols. Let us be kind to one another, forgiving as Christ has forgiven us. For if we do these things through the power of Christ who strengthens us, I firmly believe we will be one step closer to those kingdom come promises of life on earth as it is in heaven. Christ has offered himself once and for all as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God saying, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. It is only by being welcomed as beloved children, feasting around the family table, and knowing the love of Christ, that we can begin, continue, and resume our lifelong journey of imitating Christ. So rise and eat, fellow children of God. Come to the table and taste and see that the Lord is good. For if you do not eat, and are not nourished regularly, weekly, as often as you can by the body of Christ, then like Elijah, the journey of life may be too much for you.